0: All right, well, we are tonight finishing our four-week series that we've been in this month called Gospel. And so, as we said throughout the series, gospel simply means good news. Simply put, what we've said as kind of the tagline, this is the best news you've ever heard. And, um, and hopefully, as we've been talking about this series over the last few weeks, for those of you guys that have been in, you've been here, hopefully it's challenged you and deepened your understanding and amazement the, of, about the beauty and the wonder of the gospel. And so we have talked through, just to make sure we're all on the same page, we've talked through God's original purpose for us. What God's plan for us was at the very beginning of the story and how sin messed it up and made us, because of sin, made us an enemy of God and incapable of experiencing what God had created us for and what Jesus came to do to make us right with God. So for any of us that have taken a step in our life where we've put our faith and our trust in Jesus as Savior, we've gone from an enemy of God to being made right with God. We've been made right with God. And so what that means is, is that we're able to have that relationship with God that we were created for. And so what I would encourage you to do, if you've missed any part of this series, you over the Christmas holiday, like go back to our podcast, listen to some of these messages um, and the re- here's, here's the reason why I say this and why we're doing this series in the first place. If we're gonna raise up the next generation of world changers and missionaries and church planners and all the things that we say we wanna do, and as we started this year off of saying, like, it's about handing that baton to you and your generation to be the church that God wants you to be moving into the future, we have to have a rich understanding of the gospel. We have to understand the the, the beauty of this and why this matters so much and why this changes literally everything about who we are. And so we've got to understand the power of the gospel. Now, there is a big piece in all this that we're still missing. All right, so this this has been good news, but it's not yet like the full picture of the good news. So as I've said often during this series, it's not just about a one-time decision. It's not just about that moment when you were eight or at rush camp or whatever when you... Decided to put your faith and trust in Jesus as Savior. That that's an important decision, the most important decision you'll ever make in your life. But the gospel is not just about that one decision. It's not just about you trusting Jesus and then being like, "Cool, God, I'll spend eternity with you in heaven. That's going to be awesome. See you in heaven one day." Like if we reduce it down to that, then we've limited the gospel to less than the full picture and the beauty of what it is. So, what was the point of Jesus coming? It was to make us right with God, right? Yes. It was to save us from our sin so that we can spend eternity with him in heaven. Yes. But there's more than that. See, God didn't just save us from something. God saved us for something. It wasn't just about rescuing us from sin. It was about setting us up to experience what he had for us, what his best was for us. And so without that understanding, we've just got a limited understanding of what the gospel really means. So let's go back to the beginning, just as a refresher. What was God's original purpose and plan for us in the beginning? I'll help you out. It was to know him, right? To walk closely with, with him as our creator, to live into relationship, in a relationship with him where he becomes the thing that satisfies us every single day. That's our purpose is to find everything that we needed in a relationship with God. And that's what Adam and Eve experienced in the beginning. And so the gospel rescues us from our sin, removes sin from the picture so that we're no longer an enemy of God. But then it transforms us so that by God's grace, we can experience the hope and the life and the purpose and the satisfaction and joy that comes with knowing Jesus and walking closely with Jesus every single day. That's the gospel. So let me give you the main point here at the front. The gospel makes it possible for us to no longer live under God's wrath, but instead live under God's grace. So there is, again, a dramatic transformation that takes place from us living under God's wrath because of our sin, being rescued from that but now being established as a son or a daughter of God and now living because of God's love for us and his grace living as his son or daughter. So now we live every single day under God's grace. Now let me give you an example like that hopefully will kind of help bring this into kind of a full picture. So let's let's pretend for a moment that you and your family are going to downtown Atlanta. All right. You're going to a game or a concert or whatever you do in downtown Atlanta. All right. So you and your family get in the car, you drive down there, you park your car, you're walking down the street. And as you're walking down the street, you look over kind of down this alley and you see down this alley, you see a homeless person. All right. And He's underneath this box in this alleyway. And as you kind of peer in a little bit closer, like he, I mean, filthy, dirty, like just disgusting. All you can see are like the whites of his eyes. That's how dirty he is. His hair is all matted like mine looks in the morning, and, but way worse. He's just covered from head to toe, like just nasty, disgusting. So as you like move in to get a little bit of a closer look, like all of a sudden the smell just knocks you back. So not only do you see how disgusting he is, but now you smell how filthy and disgusting he is. And as you kind of peer into this and get a full picture of what's happening, it is the worst living condition that you have ever witnessed in your entire life. Now let's assume for a moment that your family is moved with compassion for this homeless man. So you walk over to him as a family and you You kind of pick him up off, out from under this box, off the ground. And you kind of take him to your car, which sounds a little bit weird. But you put him in your car and you take him back to your house. And you allow him to take a nice long hot shower. Get all the dirt off of him. You put a nice warm meal in his stomach. Your dad gives him a nice pair of clean clothes. You throw the old clothes that he was wearing away. And so you put him then in your car and you take him to a barbershop and you give him a nice haircut and a shave. And all of a sudden, this man that's standing before you is not nearly the man that you saw a couple hours beforehand on the street. He's clean, he's clean shaven. He's got nice clothes on. Like he looks like a totally different person than who you saw earlier in the evening. And that is a picture of what the gospel looks like. What Jesus has done through us through the gospel is he takes who we used to be full of sin and he rescues us and cleans us up and makes us holy where we're a totally different person. But that's not all you do for this homeless man. All right, so rather than you putting him back in your car and dropping him off back in the alley where you found him, instead, your mom or your dad look at him and and basically say, hey, we want you to come and live with us. You're invited to be a part of our family. And so like you take the spare bedroom and you clean it up and like now, hey, that's your spare bedroom now. Like that's yours. And so, hey, here's the keys to our house. And you see that pantry right there? It is stocked full of food. Like that's all yours. So anytime you're hungry, there's your food. Hey, anything that you want that belongs to us as a family, it's now yours. So, hey, if you need the keys to the car, just let us know here they are. If you need money for clothes or whatever, just come ask us because we've got the ability to give that to you. See, we no longer want you to go and live back in that alley anymore as a homeless person. We are now inviting you to permanently become a part of our family for the rest of your life. Now, how crazy is that? But you guys, that's a picture of the gospel. Like when we understand the full picture of it, that's what the gospel looks like. That's what Jesus has done for us. Only what Jesus has done for us is even better. Because then Jesus says, hey, I'm gonna put my Holy Spirit inside of you to empower you to live the life that I've called you to live. And so I'm gonna impart to you this new identity. And now I'm gonna give you the power to live every single day in obedience to who I'm calling you to be. See, is that not the best news that you've ever heard? And that picture and that beauty of the gospel is what Jesus has made available to every single one of us. See, I love what 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10 says. Peter says, but you are not like that, talking about the old you. For you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God for he called you out of the darkness and into his wonderful light. Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, but now you have received God's mercy. Now, for the next few minutes, we want to give you a story, let you hear a story of how the gospel can transform every part of our lives that hopefully will allow you to to deepen your understanding and appreciation of how beautiful and amazing the gospel is. And so I want you to welcome to the stage Ruth Wittenbrook. Pick a chair, Ruth. Any chair. Oh yeah, pick that one. So first of all, I love your Christmas outfit. Thanks for dressing up for us. I think I may have missed. Yeah, something like that. So if you guys don't know Ruth, this is Ruth. As I said, uh, she is the global missions director here at Westridge. So oversees uh, all of our international trips that we do as, as adult ministries, uh, as well as some some of the local stuff and some of the things around the country and all that, all that jazz. So that's what you do, right?
1: Yeah. COVID tried to shut us down uh, in 2020. So, uh, but you know what? Uh, some trips are coming up at the first of the year, so we're coming back uh, ready to go.
0: Yeah. Enough planning. Now you finally get to actually do the trips. How about that? That's right. So um, Ruth's got an amazing story, and so I hope over the next few minutes you guys will lean in just to hear what she has to say and. So we said, I said a few minutes ago that the gospel transforms us to where we understand that Jesus is the only thing that satisfies us. But that wasn't, for you and your story, that wasn't always the case. Like just share with them kind of what that looked like for you.
1: Yeah, so I grew up in a in a really loving home. Um, my parents placed a very high standard on following the rules, uh, being good people. Um, I I almost felt like, if I followed the rules, people would like me, that would make me a good person. Um, So I prided myself on doing that. I was, uh, I don't know if they still use this term anymore, but I was a goody goody. I wanted to make sure that I did the right thing uh, because I felt like that gave me favor. But then I became a teenager. Um, I was incredibly insecure it felt like it was not as important to me anymore to follow the rules because I wanted to do what pleased me. Um, because I was really insecure, um, I, it was important to me to have a boyfriend. I felt like if I had a boyfriend, then I was good. People would think, well, wow, you know, they would think more of me if I had a boyfriend. Um, and because it was so important for me to have a boyfriend, then I allowed myself to do things that I knew that I shouldn't be doing. Um, because I was afraid if I didn't do what the guys wanted me to do, then they would break up with me and leave me, and I would be left without a boyfriend, and what would that look like? Um, Well, then when I was 15, I started dating somebody. We dated for five years, and we got married when I was 20. Um, He got a job in Kentucky. Um, I grew up around here, but um, he got this job in Kentucky. We moved away. Um, and I was incredibly lonely. I was living away from home for the first time. Um, I don't. I'm quite a bit older than you guys. Um, we didn't have cell phones in our back pocket. We, you know, we didn't have FaceTime. We didn't have texting. I couldn't do all of that, you know, to to keep in touch with my parents back home. I was able to call home once a week, and it was expensive. And so I was really lonely. Um, my husband was working a lot. And it was just a really bad combination when a guy that I worked with started paying attention to me and flirting with me. And I liked it. Again, it made me feel good and made me feel special that somebody would want to be with me. And so um, we began to start meeting in secret and then began a sexual relationship together. Um, So that went on for a few months. And I divorced my husband. Um, This guy was also married and had a couple of kids. Um... And uh, he was confiding in a friend, you know, what he was doing with me. And his friend told him about Jesus, introduced him to how he could have a, a, a full relationship with Jesus and how his life would be fulfilled and not this cheap imitation of a life that we were trying to have together. Um, so he broke up with me and began following Jesus. So I moved back home here to Georgia Um, I was, it had been a couple of years since I'd been living here, so I thought, I need to make some friends. What better way to make friends than to go to a church, um, to a single Sunday school group? And so I got involved there, and I met Bill. Uh, Bill had a two-year-old little boy who was just the cutest little boy I'd ever seen, Um, and we began dating. Um, We dated just for a little while, got engaged, and got married within a year. Um, We had a daughter right at our first anniversary. We did not waste any time whatsoever. Um, And things were good for a while. Um, And then uh, both of us were working full time. Uh, Bill was still going to college to get his degree. Um, We had two kids. And life was crazy. Life was busy. Uh, I was, again, feeling very lonely Um, again, feeling very insecure, Um, another bad combination. Somebody that I worked with started paying attention to me again. Um, Clearly, I have a pattern here. Um, We began meeting in in secret and then we started having a sexual relationship together. So this guy, after just a few months, um, was trying to talk me into uh, moving in with him. Um, So I approached Bill and I told him, that we needed to separate, we needed to figure out how to live separately from each other and what that would look like uh, for our family. Um, so here I am; I'm about to be uh, divorced for the second time. But I thought I was happy. I thought that you know this is what is going to fulfill me.
0: So, kind of, I mean, obviously that's a, a long piece of your life. Like, talk about what role did faith? And just God play in your life and and even through those struggles.
1: Yeah. Well, I grew up in a Christian home. Um, We went to church every time the doors were open. We were in church uh, every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night. Uh, I was taught that I needed to read my Bible and pray. um, But I rarely did that. And when I did, it was just to check uh, that task off of my to-do list uh, it made me feel good because I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. Um, I accepted Christ when I was 10 years old, uh, but because I'd never formed a relationship with Jesus, um, I knew who he was, but I didn't know him. Um, and so because I was a rule follower for a, for a time, uh, it's really hard to follow the rules if you don't understand why you're following the rules Um I didn't have that foundation with Jesus, and so it became less important for me to follow rules. Um, I didn't understand that God had put those guidelines in my life um, to help me live a fulfilled life through him. Um, I, I know that I was a Christian. I know that the Holy Spirit lived inside of me. Um, I could hear him telling me that I was doing things wrong. But as I was walking further and further away from him it got harder and harder to hear his voice.
0: So let's pick back up where you left off, right? So um, about to, you and Bill about to go through a divorce. Like how did God step into your life and transform not just you personally, but that your marriage with Bill?
1: Yeah, so the same week that I told Bill that I wanted to separate and that we needed to find uh, our own place to live, My brother invited us to this brand new church called Westridge Church. Um, That was in April of 1998. Um, We had came here for three weeks and three weeks in a row, and I was so convicted by that sin in my life and what I was doing that I woke Bill up in the middle of the night on a Saturday night and told him what I had been doing. I confessed everything, and I told him that I wanted to do whatever it took to make our marriage work. Um, he was mad. Of course he was mad. Uh, he was, you know, screaming at me and was like, I can't understand why you would do this to me. Um, but he calmed down and we talked all night long. Um, we came to church that Sunday morning and, uh, he accepted Christ for the first time. And, Um, He told Pastor Brian that there was something going on in his life, that he knew that he could not fix it on his own, that he needed God's help for that. And so um, that day we made a commitment to each other to do whatever it took to make our marriage work. Um, We both started reading the Bible and studying and and praying together for the first time ever. Um, We both learned how to put Jesus first in our life. Um, and we formed a really deep relationship with Jesus. And as a result of that, uh, our love for each other uh, just grew. We just grew more and more uh, in love with each other. And we both found out that only Jesus can satisfy us. And um, Bill forgave me that day um, exactly like um, Christ forgives us for our sins Um, He didn't hold it against me. He doesn't throw that up in my face when we have arguments. He doesn't remind me of what I did. Um, He he completely and wholly forgave me. And it's an exact picture of what God does for us. Um, Hebrews 8.12 tells us, "...for I will be merciful towards their iniquities and remember their sins no more." Um, because of that, we can live under his grace, and we don't have to be ashamed. We, God has forgiven us. He forgets our sins. Um, I'm so thankful for Jesus in my life. And so now today, Bill and I have been married for 27 years. Um, <laughs> he's the best. He's sitting over here. Um, We have a great marriage. We haven't settled. We don't have a good marriage. We have a great marriage. Uh, He's my best friend. Both of us would rather be with each other than anybody else, and only God can restore something like that. Um, We had another uh, child uh, after we reconciled with each other, and so um, now we have uh, three kids. We have a son-in-law. We have a daughter-in-law. And now we have twin grandbabies on the way um, nice. next year.
0: So we're going to start calling you Grandma Ruth? You, Is that the I deal? I mean,
1: you can call me whatever grandma name you want. All right. <laughs> um, so, and it's just, it, it just it makes me sick to think that I almost threw all of that away um, just because I had misplaced that authority in my life.
0: Hmm. So as, as you kind of think, like now where you're at in your story and you look back, like what did you discover about the importance of who or what you put your signif- you find your significance in and your satisfaction
1: Yeah, so because of that, I learned that every single one of us has this God-shaped hole inside of us, and we try to fill that with other things sometimes. Um, Sometimes we try to fill that with money that buys us nice things. Uh, Sometimes we try to fill that with food or drugs or sex or friendships or alcohol. Um, I tried to fill mine with men, and I just kept coming up. I was. I could never be satisfied. I kept telling Bill, if you would just do this, it would satisfy me. If you would just do this, I would be happy. And it didn't matter what he did. I couldn't be happy. And that's because I was trying to place Bill in this position in my life that only Jesus can fill. We can only get our satisfaction from him. Um, and nothing even comes close to the joy that we get from being a fully devoted follower of Jesus. And when I learned to get my satisfaction from Jesus, I felt whole and I was filled with joy. Um, I just want to encourage anyone here, um, if you have a relationship with Jesus already, that you would learn to develop that, that you would have a daily relationship with him where you learn about him, where you know him, and uh, where you uh, you find your significance in him. And anybody who doesn't know Jesus as their personal Savior, I just want to encourage you just to make that commitment to follow him today. Um, when Jesus died on the cross for our sins, he bridged that gap between us and God. And God just, he requires justice. He requires uh, us to to be sinless. But we can't do that because we're all sinners. Uh, the Bible tells us that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But because of Jesus, uh, we can be accepted and we can be whole. Um, It's just—it's simple to take care of that in your life. You just have to admit that you're a sinner. You have to believe that Jesus is the Son of God and confess him as Lord over your life. And I can promise you that your life will never be the same after that. That's
0: awesome. So, yeah, come on. So you're now on staff at a church. Right, helping lead trips all over the world to help people reach other people with the gospel. Yeah. Right, and just for the record, you are you are amazing at what you do. <laughs> Thank you. I know you. it's been a it's been a rough couple of years, but she is she is a gift to our staff. She does such an amazing job. Um, so even just think like I know how the enemy works. So I can only imagine that over the years there's been that constant whisper of like remember what you, who you used to be, remember what you did. You you're never you couldn't be worthy enough to be on a church staff or X, Y, you know, fill in the blank. Um, how has the gospel and the power of Jesus transformed your life, like, in some of those ways? Like, what does that look like for you?
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, of course Satan wants to whisper that to my ear uh, because he knows that if he can keep us in guilt and shame, then we can't win. I mean, we, he knows that he can rule over us by that. But um, I, I just have to continually remind myself of truth, that I'm a new creation. Um, I live under, under grace because of who Jesus is. Um, and for the most part, I can do that. For the most part, I don't think of myself as that other person. That's, that's the old Ruth. Jesus made me new. Um, but sometimes, like even just this last week, um, as I'm preparing for this message, um, this is the first time I've ever, ever shared my story publicly with a group. Um, I, I just, I kept hearing, you know, the enemy just say to me, why, why are you doing this? Like, what are, what are your coworkers going to think? You know, why, why, why do you want to do this? Um, and I just had to keep saying to myself, um, I can do this, you know why I can do this? Because of Jesus, because of Jesus, because of Jesus. I am whole and I'm redeemed and I am no longer that other person. That's incredible,
0: living under grace, that's awesome. All right, last question for you. Um, So I'm sure it isn't easy sharing this tonight um, and doing it for the first time as you you just mentioned. So why are you so willing to put your story out there and be vulnerable and especially in this way?
1: I think, um, you know, if even one of you, if even one student uh, can relate to the way that, that I was, the way that I was living, um, if it can help you avoid the same mistakes that I, that I made, um, if it can help you uh, stop searching for your significance and empty things, if it can help uh, keep you from causing pain in your life or someone else's life that you're in a relationship with, um, or even if one of you realizes the power of the gospel and how um, God can transform us because of because of Jesus um, and put your faith and trust in Jesus it'll be worth it um, it's It's kind of like the the story that you told about the homeless person like i i can I was just so relating to that because I feel like you know Jesus cleaned me up, he made me whole, but I kept. I kept going back to the alley like I kept thinking about that homeless person and thinking I hope he stays there in that house with that family and doesn't keep trying to go back out you know to that alley into that person that he was because we don't have to do that we we've been made whole because of Jesus and and it'll be worth it to me to share this to be that vulnerable if you guys can realize that
0: yeah that's awesome well, thank you for being willing to be vulnerable and come and share with Reckless and that kind of thing. Would you yeah. give her a hand? And you guys, here, here's what we want you to get. Like, this is, this is the beauty of the gospel. This is what it looks like to live under God's grace. And, and just like, you know, her story, she knows that she's unworthy of it. I know I'm unworthy of it. Like, it's only because of God's grace that we are able to experience the beauty of a relationship with Jesus the way that that we were created for. And, And I think for us to be able to share the good news with other people, like anybody that's on this stage, like that we're on the stage to make much of Jesus, it's only by God's grace that we're able to do that. And so the amazing truth is that wherever you are tonight, whatever your story looks like, we talked a couple weeks ago about understanding the weight of our own sin and really owning that. But the amazing thing about the gospel is that as we, as we own that, Jesus goes, yeah, but I'm, I'm not going to leave you there. I've got so much more that I have in store for you than just to continue to allow you to be where you're at right now. And so the beauty of the gospel is that Jesus can transform any life. And he transforms us not just where we're no longer who we used to be, but Jesus transforms us where we're no longer who we, no longer who we used to be, but we're someone we've never been before. And Jesus completely transforms us. And we're able to walk in the beauty of that relationship that we were created for. And so if you're in the room tonight and you've never taken the step of salvation, of putting your faith and trust in Jesus as Savior, it is... It is the most important decision that you will make, but it's the starting point for you. And if you've never come to a place in your life where you've done that, like tonight could be the night that changes everything for you. Where you may go from that, because of your sin, that kind of homeless person in the alley that's just full of sin and, and the weight of that. And yet Jesus has come to rescue you and to clean you up and to make you a new person. And if you've never taken a step putting your faith and trust in Jesus, Savior. It's as simple as you saying, God, I admit my sin. I admit my need for you that I can't clean myself up on my own, that I need you to forgive me and to clean me and make me right with you. And putting your trust in what Jesus has made possible, the, the work that Jesus accomplished for you on the cross and just accept that. I think for the rest of us, which may be a lot of us in this room that have taken that step, but maybe that's all we've done. And we've just gone back to our normal ways, even our sinful ways. Maybe we've, we've failed to understand that the gospel is not just about forgiving us from who we used to be. It's about transforming us into who we've never been before and living in that every single day. That you and I get a chance to live in the beauty of God's grace. And maybe you for far too long have allowed the enemy to convince you that God could never accomplish what he wants in your life. That your sin is too great. That, yeah, you may be forgiven, but God could not accomplish great things in your life. And I'm here to tell you tonight, and Ruth is here to tell you tonight, that that's the furthest thing from the truth. That the amazing thing about God's grace is in spite of all of our failures and all of the moments where we fall so far short, that Jesus goes, yeah, but watch what I can do anyway. Watch what I can accomplish in your life and through your life. And you won't get the credit for it, only he will. But that's what Jesus can do. So do not allow the enemy to convince you that, that God could never accomplish great things in your life. But you get a chance to say, I'm, I've been set free. I've been made new. And I no longer have to walk in who I used to be. I can now walk in the, the power of my new identity as a son or as a daughter of God. I belong to him and I live under God's grace. And you can live in that every single day and experience the beauty of that relationship with him. And so let me pray for us and then we're gonna sing as we close out tonight. God, I thank you for who you are. Thank you, God, for Ruth's story. God, I'm sure there are moments all along the way where she may have thought, was it even worth it? Could you accomplish great things in her life? God, I thank you that she is bigger and more than just her worst mistake. But God, she is yours. She's a daughter of the King who has been rescued and redeemed and forgiven and made holy and now set apart to do great things because of your grace. And so we thank you, God, for what you're doing in Ruth's life and what you're gonna continue to do, how you have redeemed her and Bill's marriage and allowed 27 years. God, it is a testament to your, your power and your grace in their life. And just like you have done that in their life, and in their story. God, I believe that there are stories in this room that students who are sitting here in these chairs that have yet to experience, but God, it is before them. And you desire to change them and to transform them. And God, maybe they're the ones that are standing in the way from experiencing that. And God, if it's salvation that a student needs to take that step and accept the forgiveness that you offer, put their faith and trust in you, to be made right with you and to be brought into your family as a son or a daughter of yours. I pray, God, that they would take that step tonight. I pray, God, if for far too long they have believed the lies of the enemy, they believe that they are just their worst mistake or their biggest uh, failure or their moment of where they fell so far short. But God, that they would understand that they are more than their failure, they're more than their mistakes or the sin. God, you have come to offer them a rich and a satisfying life and to find satisfaction and joy in walking with you every single day. I pray that you would do that. God, would you raise up a generation of students from in this room that would understand the amazing wonder and power of the gospel. That you would deepen our understanding and our appreciation of what it looks like in our own life and what it can look like in our friends' lives, in our teammates' lives, in our mom's or dad's lives, and other people's lives that we're gonna share the good news with. God, may we be willing to go and to share that good news. So we thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen.